hello America. This is your host, Mark Dunnigan. It's another episode of The Daily Answer and just one of the numerous programs part of Answering Religious Error. And just a reminder that every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, there's a live Bible Q&A. And so you can submit any question you have as long as it's a Bible question. And there's a panel of individuals there that will seek to give you a a Bible answer. Will just seek to tell you the truth. So I would encourage you to tune into that. Well, in this particular episode, we want to talk about a bulwark, which is a person or institution or principle that acts as a defense. And there's a familiar passage in the Old Testament. God centuries ago spoke of people who would be a defense against moral and societal breakdown. And he used similar terminology. He said, I search for a man in Ezekiel 22:30. I search for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found none. Almost like I was looking for someone that would stand up and take a stand and defend truth and virtue and morality and bring people back around. And I really didn't find anybody. I'm also, I think, in the same vein in Ezekiel chapter 3, when God says, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel, like one that would be on the city walls and look for danger or an enemy and warn warn the city when an attack was coming. But God there is using the word watchman in the sense of if you see people that are doing things that you know are going to get them in trouble with God, that is the Bible condemns that. A watchman is expected to warn them. Now, you can't change them. You can't force them to change, but you warn them. And the interesting thing about that section is that God says to Ezekiel, okay, if you warn them and they don't change, you've delivered yourself, they end up punished. But if you don't warn them, they still end up punished, but you're in trouble as well. And I think that fits in that category of a bulwark. That is a strong wall. Uh, Something that protects society from disintegration. I was listening to an interview with a historian who had studied at Oxford years ago. During a time in which great conservative historians still existed and were instructing young people. He noted that from a historical perspective, nations or civilizations that abandoned God and biblical ethics ended up creating all sorts of horrors, the Soviet Union, communist China, North Korea, Cuba, you know, those all come to mind when you consider that. Not only that, but atheism cannot produce a workable or worthwhile ethical system for such would be contradictory to its, well, to its very foundation. The very foundation of atheism is no absolute or final authority. That is no God, which means no absolute or final right or wrong. Well, if you don't have that, if you don't have an absolute right or wrong, you don't have an ethical system. 
because there's nothing to tie it to. You know, Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, people that are carried about by every wind of doctrine. Without God and absolute right and wrong, then, then all you have is just, well, basically then you have like eight or nine billion different ethical systems. Everyone has their own. You know, the book of Judges was an incredibly backward time in Israel's history, incredibly dark. But there are a couple of times in the book of Judges, chapter 17, and then in the end of chapter 21, where the statement is made, every man did what was right in his own eyes. And that really contributed to that chaos. He also noted that the most ardent, zealous atheists are also the most naive. And they're typically converts to atheism. They did not grow up in it. And he had. His mom and dad were atheists. He grew up in an, uh, in an household of, of atheist thinking. And he said, when you grow up in that environment, when you have parents that are atheists, um, you realize the real limitations of atheism. Uh, one of them is you have no real foundation for which to guide your life. And I think the other thing would be is that mom and dad can't really tell you if something's right or wrong. You know, they might say, well, I don't want you to do that or there'd be consequences of doing that, whatever. But they can't really come down and say that would be wrong. He then said that historically, Christianity is the only system capable of guarding a society, any society, against all sorts of evil. And not just evil from outside but from actually committing the evil as a group, evil rising from the inside. Without Christianity as the foundation, societies descend into hell. They become Mordor. In fact, just consider how the movie The Lord of the Rings pictured the inhabitants of Mordor. Do you remember that? They were individuals bent on domination. They were bent on destruction. They they had disfigured themselves. Did you catch that? Did you see that? Individuals who pillaged and who were bent on destroying the human race. Mordor. And that's what show and only Christianity can protect a culture from becoming Mordor. He then observed that the people who had been most successful at resisting communist and Nazi propaganda machines and saw such movements as evil and were willing to oppose them even to the point of laying down their own lives, the people that did that were the Christians in those cultures. The Christians were amazingly resistant to the lies, intimidation, comfort promised by, and power promised by evil leaders. You know, you see, evil leaders often tend to tap into your own worst impulses, your fears, your prejudices, your selfishness, your inner darkness, your inner demons. They try to convince you that it is the fault of those other people why you don't have more. So it's the fault of the Jews. It's the fault of the 1%. It's the fault of the Christians. They're the cause of all your problems. And if you turn on them, you can get everything you want. Evil leaders seek to convince people that they are oppressed. And then what they do with those same people is they turn them into evil oppressors. They turn them into a mob. 
Finally, he added that Christianity is the best ethic by which to raise children for the real world, period. You know, it was observed that technology, learning, secular education, and secular open-mindedness, which is pretty limited, and prosperity cannot protect the nation from descending into evil, chaos, disorder, collapse. It's been observed that the Nazis came to power in probably the most advanced and civilized nation of the time. Germany was filled with elite universities, and that's where many Americans went to study abroad. Those were the elite universities. Techno as far as technology was concerned, the Germans were way ahead as far as the technology front. Not only that, but if you would consider like socially progressive, they were more in that area too. That is, the intermarriage between Germans and Jews was higher in Germany than in all the surrounding countries. And yet, that's exactly where evil took hold and exploded and almost destroyed the world. You know, the Holy Spirit reminds us in Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation. And I think that, that's pretty much proof positive of that proverb when you look at the 20th century. Technology could not protect the German people from descending into evil. Neither could being socially progressive. Neither could, a, neither could higher education and much learning. None of that could protect them. The only thing that can protect you from descending into evil as a culture or a person is righteousness. The only bulwark, defensive wall, is God, his truth, and people honest enough and courageous to follow it. What happened to the German nation was that the elites, one writer said, became tech tech advanced with technology. That is, they were very overconfident in what science could achieve. And th but they were eth ethically disconnected at the same time. That is, we don't need God or the Bible for an ethic by which to guide our lives. We have our own personal values are enough. My own character is enough. My own honesty is enough as a scientist. We are smart enough to guide ourselves. We don't need to go to church. We don't need to read the Bible. We don't need to pray. And the common myth is that without God, we can remain honest and good, decent people, that we can keep evil at bay without God. History records that when societies depart from God, they are easily seduced. Without God as individuals or a society, you're not going to remain free for long. Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, see you in the funny papers. Thank you.